Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Objective. And we have quite a lot to talk to you about today. Now, as you might know, I am in America. And uh, if there's one thing we all have in common here in Land of the Free, it's uh, a love and deep enjoyment of barbecues, football, <laughs> the real kind. And of course, an utter disregard for the politics of any other country. But, you know, is that a good thing? Arguably not. Maybe it's time I and my fellow Yankees learn a thing or two about what's happening in the United Kingdom. Because if you think about it, America is sort of like the unwanted child of e England. And they sure as hell need to uh, acknowledge our existence. So maybe it's time we start to acknowledge theirs. <laughs> and now as I'm saying this, I'm reminded we're actually broadcasting live out of the Ayn Rand Center UK. So, hey guys, thanks for having me. And uh, let me pass it over to a man who is currently in the United Kingdom. His actual personal address is something you can ask him for in the chat room if he'd like to share that. <laughs> but he's actually from Greece. So if there's one hope for saving England, it's by bringing in the Greeks. And what I mean is the essence of Western civilization. Please welcome Nikos Sotirakapoulos. Hi, everyone. And are you going to introduce Jonathan as well, or am I starting my stuff? I was following your instruction, fellow uh, traveler. Well, you we told never me have instructions. You told, hold on. You told me, introduce you. You'll <laughs> say something about this, and then you'll pass it over to Jonathan. You did now not tell me. Now the magic Look, is going. You know, Rucka, as you always say, I don't really need any interruptions. So maybe <laughs> we should just, dis we can dispense with it all together. Ra uh, Nikos, grace us with your 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 your, oh. wis your Greek wisdom. Right. So here's the here's what's been happening in the UK for those of you who haven't been following. So you know how the socialists what they say is the thing that failed wasn't really socialism. So what do the central the conservative central planners say? Well. The lockdowns haven't worked because they weren't the real lockdown. So we're gonna change it a bit. So in the last months and weeks, the governments, because the cases, whatever this indicates, are going up, and of course, up to some point also, to be fair, hospitalization and deaths has been going up, of course, nearly as fast as cases. But anyway, so they have had many interventions in the economy. Some of them are, Bars closing at and pubs closing at 10 p.m. Uh, things such as in today we found out that the Scottish government, for people who don't know, Scotland has its own uh, nanny state uh, so, quasi-socialist government. So today they said no, UK, you close your pubs 10 o'clock. We will close them at six o'clock. And they also had some weird things about who can serve and who cannot serve alcohol. So for two weeks they're gonna. How do they do the, how is it called, dry October, whatever. Scotland has its own equivalent of two weeks with alcohol limitations. Because, again, supposedly this is science. This is, this is, this is following the science to, to, to limit uh, the spread of, of, of COVID. But also, obviously, this has real consequences. Now, I live in one of the most, in one of the wealthiest cities in the UK. York is a wealthy town. And seeing the number of closed shops in the city center is depressing because up to some point around early August, I thought maybe they're still on furlough. This is the scheme where the government pays 
pays you basically to stay close and then to go back to work. Now I'm convinced that these businesses are gone forever. And the other day, Cine World, which is a big cinema chain, uh, they said they're gonna close for some months. Now, whether it's gonna be permanent, who knows? But this is gonna cost something like 45,000 jobs. So the discussion today is, has this really much to do with COVID and what is the effect on the economy? And obviously when we talk about the economy, who is our go-to guy? Jonathan Honing, a man of the economy, but also of the mind, editor of a new textbook of Americanism. So Jonathan, give us your, Thanks. before we go to predictions and all that stuff, give us what is the current moment, let's say, of the economy and how do you experience the effect, not only of the virus, but also of the responses to the virus to the economy? I, it, it makes it really difficult as an investor, Nikos. And I mean, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the they always talk about economics as being the essentially what's seen and then what's unseen, the unforeseen consequences. Uh, and, you know, politicians who, you know, they act by the force, right? Politicians is, is government. So they're all about ordering you to do something. Businesses, big or small, are all about voluntary trade. Um, so all a business can do is kind of stay open and if people want to come fine if they don't want to come fine they make their own choice but government as you pointed uh, as you pointed out in europe uh, and all over the us are mandating that businesses stay closed forcibly closing them and and bankruptcy is the only thing that that can follow and of course to alleviate the problem from the bankruptcies they have more government spending more government handouts but what's so what's so frustrating nikos is that at least in the uk and here in the States, this is coming from so-called conservatives, right? I mean, they're supposed to be the free market oriented party in the UK. They're supposed to be the ones that are you know, forward letting businesses come up with creative ways to solve problems, but that's not, that's not happening in this case. Raga. Uh, do you want me to comment on anything in particular? Or do you want me, to introduce, your, do you want so, me to introduce Jonathan since I never got yeah, to do it exactly. the first time? <laughs> What's my thoughts on this? Here's my thoughts. Here, but, and also, my... what's your California insights on this? Because we are told that California is particularly impacted from all that, from the government intervention. Well, of course, there's a lot to report, but I, I try to stay away from things I don't actually pay attention to, which includes a lot, a lot of politics and especially local politics. Now, it is my impression that the most gross violations of people's rights take place at the local level and are often least uh, sort of resisted at the local level. These are absolute lunatics. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing that word around. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't have the clinical authority to diagnose people that way. But these are power hungry people at the local level who just love to control you and they're right around the corner. So they're able to tell you what to change about your business. They're able to show up at any time. However, in terms of how I choose to allot my time, I don't pay that much attention to politics. And when I do, it's the flashy, interesting stuff like Trump yelling at a, <laughs> at a half asleep man on a stage. However, um, I can tell you, you know, many years ago, there was a thing called radio, terrestrial radio. I was uh, getting, getting my career in showbiz started by getting on the air over there in the city of Detroit and making fun of the city of Detroit, how broke it is, how, much, how, much, how many problems they've got. And people got really upset. They used to call up 
and get so angry. And I, I remember asking someone like, why are they so angry about this? And someone told me making fun of Detroit is like making fun of a sick man. It's like making fun of a dying man. I said, you know what? That makes a lot of sense now. And today I can uh, further integrate and say that such is the nature of a mixed economy. It is like living with a disease and it's, a, it's an easily cure, identifiable and curable disease that is government controls in the economy. And luckily the, uh, the elements of free markets are so powerful that they can keep this so-called organism that is our economy alive and uh, pushing forward for a certain amount of time but only for a certain amount of time. And so I don't even need to go all the way to England. I mean, I'm sure there are uh, details that are involved with the British situation that I need to be intimately aware of before giving an expert opinion on. But I can tell you in general, the way principles work is that once you induct or induce, I don't really know how to, pr how to pronounce that one. Once you recognize certain facts of reality that are going to happen over and over again, you can say anytime the government starts to regulate and starts to interfere in people's private business that does not involve protecting anyone's rights. Once they start doing that, bad times are ahead. It's going to complicate things. And it is like introducing a bacteria that is not meant for your personal constitution. And um, I could also tell you, I could basically say as, as a general principle that conservatives tend to be the sort of... Um, it's like, okay, if the leftists are like the ones that are uh, spreading this bacteria, that are spreading this virus inside your body, the conservatives are the ones who injected it in the first place. Really, anywhere you look in history, you've got it, the antitrust uh, BS taking place in America, yeah. re Republicans. Um, you know, uh, sounds like the Tories, aka conservatives in England or UK, sounds like they're doing similar types of stuff. Um, George Bush here in America, you know, he's going to save capitalism by uh, bailing out the, ba the, 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 the banks and the car companies and all this stuff. Be careful of who you get in bed with. This is good advice, both in the literal sense, as well as in, you know, <laughs> philosophical, political sense. Be careful who you get in bed with. Speaking of spreading diseases around, be careful of who you get in bed with. But let's make yeah. it a bit more concrete here. So think about, for example, for what the Tories have done to the pubs. So they said, we, the pubs close at 10 p.m. If you've seen on Twitter, the scenes that they have been following is that at five past 10, there's a huge congregation of people, for example, in the tube or in the squares. Now, why I do not, I will never, ever, ever forgive the Tories about that, never. I could think, for example, that Corbyn is just someone who doesn't get it. But these are the same people that for years have been going to galas, events, or free market, or maybe outside of court, or free market think tanks. And they would say, I'm so, I'm so, uh, uh, in, uh, my inspiration is, was Friedrich Hayek and reading about the impossibility of central planning. Yay, from our, yeah, we're going to vote that, that person. And these same people who supposedly, have read Henry Hanslet and Hayek, they cannot understand the impossibility of centrally planning how people will deal their, that when you tell them the pub is closed at 10, they're gonna congregate outside. Now, I can't believe that they can't imagine it. So 
the blame for the Tories is even higher. And also, also because what does a person without principles, what do they do? They jump to the next bandwagon that reminds them of something like principles. So what did Boris Johnson and his finance and his minister did the other day? Oh, they, they jumped, they, they were, uh, they were, they were signaling about uh, the new renewable energy scheme, which is going to cost a number to the economy that I don't even want to reproduce because I can't believe it's so high. It's, it's close to, it's beyond many, many, many billions and it's close to numbers that are completely, so these are the people, again, whoever gives these people, again, any invitation to anything that has to do with freedom or free market, they are sanctioning them. So the embarrassment is both to them and those that all these years they were presenting them as the alternative to labor or or whatever. Like I'm, I'm it's anyway, it's it's yeah. I mean, I, I wonder. I, I, me I wonder, I'm just kind of throwing this out there, but I wonder for the conservatives, is that response? You know, they say they're for freedom and the right to your own life, but. For example, on the abortion debate, they certainly don't echo that. And I wonder if that's the same thing here when it comes to COVID is the sense that we can't trust you to make the best decisions about your own body and your own risks. So we're going to keep you safe by shutting your businesses, destroying your businesses. Uh, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, but, you know, I mean, it, from my view, it, you know, people need to take the rational risks that they want to take with their own lives and their own bodies. Certainly if I was in my 60s, 70s, and 80s, I wouldn't be going to the pub. I wouldn't be taking those, those types of risks. At the same time, you know, allowing businesses to be free to come up with creative solutions. Maybe, who knows, maybe one of these pubs will do a, every third seat is free, you pay a little more, they'll, they'll figure it out, they'll figure it out. But these types of draconian rules, uh, Anikos, as you said, drummed up by the conservatives, prove a, proves, you know, proves once again that really no one's on the side of free markets and liberty on both sides of the Atlantic. And to be honest, I think they're drunk with their power. You see things, not, on, not from the... Con so, for example, the Scottish government, again, not the Conservatives, but they're discussing things, and we've seen them elsewhere in Europe, such as not allowing you to travel within the country. What am I saying? It has been happening in, already in Scotland with students, university students, being held basically hostages, not being able to visit home. Like, I remember in my Stalinist days, the thing that I found too much was, okay, yeah, you know, persecute uh, the bad uh, bourgeois, whatever. But the thing that I, the, the pill that was too much to swallow was this idea that in Cuba or in the uh, Soviet Union, you need the permit to, to travel within travel. the country. I thought, well, that's, that's too much. I mean, that's, that's okay. Maybe there's something weird there. And now we see this in Scotland. That's, that's anyway, it's, it's unbelievable. But one, one more thing that I want us to cover and we, in the remaining five minutes or whatever is where is this going? So, for example, Boris Johnson said that these restrictions are going to be around for something like maybe six months. The other day he said by October 2021, yeah, maybe we're going to be back to something like normal. The question is, and any of you can jump in here. Have we got any prediction what's going to be the effects I know economy is something that we can, it's difficult to predict, but where do you th see things going? So if this goes on for months, what's the world we're going to emerge out in October? And that's the good scenario that in October, it's going to be something resembling normality. 
You know we're in October, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean next October, obviously. Oh, oh, I, I didn't know Boris that. Johnson talked about October 2021. <laughs> got you. Okay. I mean, I know you Greeks have your own calendars and stuff like that. You got your own history. Um, no, that's the Russians with a different calendar. Yeah. We, and we can do a full episode about the subtle differences between those two things. But back yeah, actually, to... Fun fact, the, Russian revol- the October Revolution took place in November, actually, because it was with the old diary. But anyway. Yeah. Look, I mean, back when you were overthrowing the, uh, the bourgeoisie, Nikos, uh, guys like me and Jonathan were watching conservatives get on stage and talk about, you know, the, uh, the individual and the founding principles of America. I mean, there was a whole thing uprising against Obama and what they thought he represented, which I guess he did sort of represent, but also... You know, uh, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. You know, the, uh, the intellectuals in America and, and really in the world uh, tend to basically hold basic fundamental premises in philosophy that uh, reject individualism. There, it's very rare to find anyone that really respects Thomas Jefferson and the age of reason thinkers in any serious respect. I mean, for real. Find me an academic that with a straight face un- like respects individualism says, yes, I'm with Thomas Jefferson. They think it's silly. They think it was, it was respectable in their context and, uh, you know, and it's cute, but we've moved past it. We're more sophisticated now. We socialize the individual to get along. And that's the way virtually all intellectuals think today. And um, when you look at kind of what's left of the, um, the Tea Party conservatives of a decade ago, you know, the, the sort of, quote, better elements of it, the sort of libertarian free market people. I saw uh, Nick Gillespie, is it pronounced, over at Reason Magazine. He did, a, he did a video a couple years ago about, you know, postmodernism isn't so bad. You know, don't listen to Jordan Peterson and these intellectual dark webs, you know, smearing postmodernism. Postmodernism works great with capitalism because, you know, everyone has their subjective experience and that works with the market, which, you know, blah, 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 blah. These, there's nothing new to see here, folks. These are, these are, this is not the way to, to fix these problems. We're not going to get there by aligning ourselves with people that, that are uh, comfortable with postmodernism. Ultimately, the, the battle is going to be philosophical. We need to get down to individualism, and the only way to get there is for you as an individual to really want the most out of life. In terms of what's ahead, which I believe was your original question, Nikos. Uh, unfortunately, probably nothing positive. Um, we, what got us into this mess in the first place is lack of, of liberty for the last century. And it's now all the problems that come from this pandemic are going to be used for further controls and further trouble caused by those controls. Look, I mean, uh, a free market could have handled all of these things um, to begin with very effectively. So we're, we're, we're living in the this- jungle because of this. So how will this, though, this particular unfree market you think is going to fare in the next month? So, Jonathan, have you got any prediction? Well, I mean, I, 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 you know, we, as we started with Nikos, you know, it's all about that which is unseen, you know, just the same way that, for example, in, in economics. So just the same way, for example, uh, higher minimum wage causes unemployment in low skilled people and, and people kind of on, at the lower rung of, of the socioeconomic ladder all the stimulus, all the aid, all the paycheck protection, all the government handouts is going to be a, is going to retard, if you will, it's going to slow down any hope of a real true sustained recovery 
in this country. And at least here, we're not learning from you know previous mistakes. You know, uh, last time around, for example, here, all those efforts to help government ultimately ended up owning a piece of General Motors. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars, I think billions of dollars on Volt and technology that no one ever wanted, tremendous amounts of, of as they say, waste, fraud, and abuse. So, you know, we're learning the rest of the lesson once again. And I think what's at the core of it is exactly what Rucka talked about. It's those basic ideas, the idea that if we leave the pubs open, they're just for profit. They're going to, they don't care about anyone's health. Um, you know, they're going to make money at the public's expense. So it's government's job to regulate private business, to regulate the pri private individuals. So we need to get back to those core basic ideas that government's job is to keep us pre free and our own job, our own responsibility to make rational choices of our, our own health, given our own context. So every good thriller ends up with a, how is it called, cliffhanger, that leads that there might be a sequel. So I'll make this episode a thriller, and I'm going to tell you this. Yesterday, Boris Johnson announced that he's pushing for a very, very low interest rates and very, very low more. Uh, so basically, now you would be able to buy a house only at a 95% of the money for the house without many questions asked. It's going to be given by the banks pushed by the government. Now, I wonder whether we've seen this before, but as North, I said- Wasn't that Northern Rock? Well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, 2008 is many years ago. Who can remember? Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. When this happens, guess who's going to be blamed? Neoliberalism and greed. This is going to be the central planners, like the central planners drunk with power at number 10, that's the, where the prime minister lives, they're going to be off the hook. We're going to have academic conferences and academic journals discussing uh, neoliberalism and, uh, and, and how, how it's, it made people greedy, wanting to, buy, wanting to buy houses. So the way out of this crisis is basically going by the playbook that brought the previous crisis, and that's where we are. Anyway, gentlemen, parting words or just saying bye. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back very soon with a lot more bad news to report. And who knows, maybe some positivity as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just quickly say, you know, Ayn Rand talked about this. Uh, read her conservatism and obituary. Uh, read her uh, treatise about, um, you know, Nixon and the steel, steel industry uh, or all that's been written about antitrust and understand why it's capitalists who are the friends of liberty and individual rights. It's not conservatives, and especially this political season, keep that in mind. That's right, Nikos, read all of that stuff and realize the right are not our friends. <laughs> well, yeah, but anyway. I'm just, I'm just rustling your jimmies. Okay, I don't even know what this means, but I assume it's uh, something with love and friendship. Anyway, everyone, see you soon.